a bad mood over the Penguins' 3-1 loss to the Capitals last night? Because if so, I'm going to make a really, really concerted effort here to worsen that mood. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. I do one of these every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. Before I get going this morning, I want to thank everybody who reached out and offered condolences regarding uh, the loss of my mom over the weekend. Um, it's very much uh, appreciated, uh, as was, to be honest with you, the opportunity to get back to work. Uh, last night at PPG Paints Arena, just being there was, uh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good to be back to work and focused on something as comparatively insignificant as hockey. But it's funny how when you're there, you know, and you're in the moment, it seems really, really important. So that's where I'm going to take this because I don't think that the participants on the home side, the ones dressed in head-to-toe gold, followed through with the same kind of urgency that the other guys did. I realize that I'm guilty of the most rudimentary form of hockey analysis in saying so. It's lazy. It's sometimes contrived. More often than not, it's not even accurate. But in this case... I saw a Pittsburgh team that came out, did a handful of things pretty well, got themselves a couple of power plays, should have had a goal or two or three in there. Jake Gensel hitting a post, Sidney Crosby missing an open net. And then when they didn't, the game then took its natural course. The Capitals took over in every way, shape, and form. The final shots were 42 to 27 and yeah, you can attribute that to the Capitals getting a ton of power plays in the second period, but the Capitals earned those power plays. They had possession, they won the puck, they had the puck. That's how you get onto the power play. There's no comparison between these teams and the effort that was given. On this night, I asked Teddy Bluger if he felt that there was a lack of urgency on the Penguins' part. When you look at the standings, they're starting to shape up the way a lot of people kind of expected. You know what I mean? When you look at the top of the standings, see who's there, who's at the bottom. Maybe you and Washington are going to be the two teams that are going head-to-head here. Was there some urgency lacking here tonight? Because it, it, it didn't appear that way on the Washington side. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think, you know, like I said, I, I thought the first period was pretty good. Hard fought, um, some good battles. Uh, I think, you know, that second period is where it kind of got away from us. And, um, third period, we kind of s- struggled to generate any momentum. I think it's tough when you're, when you're always defending. And like Petey said, I mean, guys, a lot of guys aren't playing that, that don't kill and 
they're out of a rhythm. And I think, you know, we obviously got to find a better way to get out of that. But I think um, as far as, I mean, urgency, I don't think so. I mean, it's points are tough to come by. And regardless if it's whoever you're playing this division, it's going to be tough games. And um, so I don't think so. Okay. He says no to lack of urgency. Why? Because that's one of those buzzwords or whatever. And I knew what I was asking when I asked it. That's just not going to be something that you're going to say without getting some kind of pushback. But for that matter, no one else who was brought to the interview area said anything different, including Mike Sullivan. You know, they felt that the the Penguins came out hard. If they had only gotten a goal on one of those power plays, things could have really swung in their direction. And boy, they just needed to not take all those penalties in the second period. To me, all of that's symptomatic. It's not the cause, it's the symptom. The cause was that the Capitals were aware of the East Division standings. And that's where I'm heading today. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. Okay, so here we go. East Division standings. In order. You're not going to believe this, but here's here's the actual order after all the games were completed last night. First place, Boston. Pretty much expected by everybody. Second place, Islanders. They're back. They're on a little bit of a roll now. Pretty much expected by everybody because they were the team that made it to the Eastern Conference Final in the 2020 playoffs and lost to the eventual champs. Third, Flyers. Some people have thought that the Flyers could even contend for first, but again, these are the almost universal picks for the top three in the division. Fourth and fifth in that order are Washington and Pittsburgh. And after that, it's the Devils, the Rangers, and the Sabres, which almost everybody saw was going to happen in one order or another, with the Sabres, as ever, bringing up the rear. But fourth and fifth, are the Capitals and the Penguins. Again, guilty as charged of the most rudimentary form of hockey analysis. But only four teams in the division make it, and everyone saw this coming. So when the Penguins beat the Capitals in the first three meetings this season, they had theoretically put themselves in a pretty good spot, but not nearly good enough. Because again, as I'm speaking here, the Capitals are now 7-4-3, and three for 17 points. The Penguins are 7-6-1 for 15 points. Both teams have played 14 games. There's a two-point separation between them. This should have been treated like a playoff game. It wasn't. It wasn't. It doesn't take Scotty Bowman to sit above from the press box to watch this team not trying nearly as hard as the other team. And I'm going to repeat this. Spare me the early whatever. 
because what they did was they worked themselves into a couple of power plays. They did really well on those power plays, other than the part where they didn't score, but that was where they ran up their possession advantage and shot total. As soon as that was done, so were they. So were they. This wasn't a team that came out with some hot start. The Capitals might as well have controlled this thing from front to finish. Jakub Vrana, who scored one of Washington's goals, talked openly afterward about the importance of these games, about knowing where they are in the playoffs, about knowing how short the season is. By comparison, over the weekend when Brian Rust was asked whether or not the Penguins look at the standings or they you know, they, they think about where they are right now relative to the other teams, and he said, I mean, you're aware of it, he said, but... Uh, you know, for the most part, we're focused on ourselves. These are things that you say, whether you're a player or the head coach, where this sort of thing emanates from, if if it's an 82-game season and you've got time and it's not every game inside the division, this is a different year, man. It just is. And I'm going to add to this. These players and this coaching staff are now being watched from above, not by Scotty Bowman, not by me, I don't matter in the slightest, but by an entirely new front office. By Ron Hextel as the new GM, by Brian Burke as the new president of hockey operations, both of whom are known in different ways and in different walks of life, for their competitive fire. If Hextall had been a player in this game, he would have decapitated people, and they wouldn't have been on the other team. That was the kind of effort that was given by this group as a whole. These guys are about action, and if you believe, and I do, the words that they spoke upon being hired about this season mattering, about this season being what their focus is, where their energy is aimed, because that comes from above, so that's why I believe it. If you believe it, then you're going to have to accept that they're going to do something about this. They're not going to look at this and think, gee whiz, if Jake's shot had only fallen from the bar and into the net instead of the bar and out, or if Sid had just put that shot away that he's put away a zillion other times. No. Because that team isn't supposed to just close up shop after that. Washington played really well. I'm aware that there were two teams on the ice. But the Capitals were playing with a goaltender that was just as shaky as Pittsburgh's own. Forget the numbers in this game. Both of them looked nonstop rattled until I think Vitek Vanacek straightened himself out a little bit in the third period and made some good saves. But 
the Washington Capitals played a fine hockey game. They really did from beginning to end. They had an answer for everything the Penguins did, including some good stuff that the Penguins had done early on in the neutral zone. They found a way through it. They made things happen. They took over the hockey game, and then they never let it go. They treated it like a playoff game. That's not easy to do. That's not easy for a coach to instill because to some extent you have to manufacture urgency, enthusiasm, desperation to use the hockey term. And that's not easy when they feel like they just got done with training camp, but they didn't. They didn't. Did you know that that game last night represented the exact quarter pole of the season? It did. 14 games, 56 total. Do the math. That was the quarter pole. And the Penguins, in all likelihood, faced an opponent that they're now going to be battling indirectly for the remainder of this season. I mean, that's not to say they don't have other games against Washington, but their focus, I really believe this, is going to be on beating out the Capitals for that fourth and final playoff spot. Barring some crazy reversal of fortune for this team and the way it's gone to date, meaning that the superstars all of a sudden start start superstarring and you start getting a bunch of uh, supplementary scoring that currently barely exists. And, you know, occasionally, just once, just once, have your goaltender win you a game. Things like that. I don't know that I see any of those things turning around. But I could see, at least theoretically, the effort matching what should have been a playoff caliber kind of game from the sweat standpoint. And it absolutely wasn't. It absolutely wasn't, and I can't begin to understand it. I really can't. When we come back, just one question. Back time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in Western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's question comes from Labby, who asks, we're now exactly a quarter of the way through the season. See, Labby did the math. What's your overall grade for the team, and who have you been the most impressed by? I'd give us a C- and Teddy Bluger as team MVP so far. See, when you're talking about Teddy Bluger for your team MVP, you're only accentuating why the team deserves a much lower mark than a C-. I don't, I mean, grades are... I've so strongly disliked almost everything I've seen about this team to date with one exception, and that is that they've rallied a few times. 
And within those rallies, they've secured uh, some bonus points, meaning three-on-three OT and shootouts. That's been the only thing I've liked. Uh, If I had a team MVP, if I was forced at gunpoint to come up with a team MVP, oh, geez, this is going to be the hardest question I get asked all year. Um, you know what? I'll I'll go with Brandon Tanev. Just because he's been the one who's shown the most heart, he's been the most consistent about it. And if you don't take my word for it, take Mike Sullivan's because look what he did again last night. When he didn't like what he was seeing out of the second line, at first he bumped Jason Zucker down and had Tanev up there. And then he bumped Kasperi Kapanen down and had Brandon Tanev up there. That's your coach sending his own message to the rest of the team that their effort wasn't good enough. He doesn't need to say it. Bluger doesn't need to say it. Nobody needs to say it. Heck, I don't need to say it. You saw it yourself. That should have been like a playoff game to these guys, and it was nothing of the kind. Where does that come from? Where does that emanate? Is it because the players are looking at Evgeny Malkin still trying to find his way out of a cloud a quarter of the way into the season? Are they feeling or getting some reverberations of frustration from from Sidney Crosby, who's got one five-on-five goal all season, but that was into an empty net. There have been some good things for the most part from that first line, not last night, but before that. But it hasn't been a good five-on-five team. It hasn't been a good power play team. Uh, They've been okay at penalty killing after that first couple of games in Philly. They've got some of the worst goaltending in the league. Their defense has been banged up, and when it's been healthy, it still hasn't been all that good. What what am I what am I looking for here, Labby? What where did, where's the positive? What's the positive to date? I get it. They played a nice game on Sunday. They did some good things. I also thought the Capitals looked pretty much out of sorts. But full credit to the Penguins on that front. They had a nice game. But we're now we're now one fourth of the way through this season. And the Penguins are sitting in the standings right where almost everyone thought they'd finish, either fourth or fifth. And if they're moved by that, or they're moved by having a new front office that could blow all of this up and send them all to all kinds of teams they don't want to be on, or if you want to get really dramatic here, blow up the core... And that doesn't that didn't that didn't do it. I, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. Thanks for the question. Maybe I'll have more answers uh, tomorrow in advance of a game that the Penguins will play against those red hot Islanders. And if they try this act again, wait till you see what the Islanders will do to them. At 
Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.